behind the scenes at Score North and 1500 ESPN have sports opinions. So they want you to hear them. It's the perfect digital sports soapbox to scratch that Minnesota sports itch. This is the Score North Taxi Squad. Minneapolis and St. Paul, we have a problem. Welcome into the Score North Taxi Squad, everyone. It's available on scorenorth.com, the Score North mobile app, Apple, Spotify. And if you want to see our lovely faces, you can check us out on the Score North YouTube channel. My name is Jason Stormer, along with AJ Fredrickson and Artis Woods. And gentlemen, unfortunately, this isn't a show I really wanted to host today because, frankly, I thought it was all but chalk that the Minnesota Vikings were going to get a win against the Chicago Bears. But... Nah, didn't happen. A 12 to 10 loss for the Vikings. Four interceptions from Josh Dobbs. Have to ask right off the bat, is all the momentum gone? Is Dobbs mania finished? I don't really know. But guys, how are you feeling after a very, very, very disappointing loss for the Vikings before the bye week? That loss was deflating. Mm. Um, I turned it off, guys. <laughs> I turned it off. Uh, I, I didn't want to subject myself to continuing to watch what I saw put on film on Monday night. Uh, you guys know how I feel about the Chicago Bears after what they did to, or after what they allowed the Detroit Lions to do last week, even though they did lose on Thanksgiving. So yeah. not shout out to Green Bay, but kind of shout out to Green Bay. Excuse that moment. But anyway, um, <laughs> I think it's over. Um, you started to kind of see Josh kind of unravel a bit in recent weeks against the Broncos. Now this week, Four interceptions. Granted, you know, you could make the argument one or two of them was kind of, oh, okay, maybe that shouldn't have been an interception. Just bad luck. But at the end of the day, four interceptions is four interceptions. Back-to-back weeks, basically, where the defense gives up one. I think in two weeks, they've only given up like one touchdown. Yeah. And you find a way to lose both games. <laughs> um, so on the bright side, the defense is still playing at a very high level. And that is one thing you can smile about. Now, I don't know if Brian Flores will be here next season because he will probably get some head coaching opportunities, I assume, maybe, who knows, with him soon in the NFL, who knows how that goes. But there's a bright spot here within this season. I don't know about the future, but within this season, this defense is is legit. It's legit. On the flip side, though, man, uh, yeah, offensively, you're going to get J.J. back at some point, I'm, I'm assuming, assuming after the bye to lose to the Bears, man. I, I I just I think I predicted like thirty-one to seven or twenty-eight something. to seven. Twenty-eight yeah. to seven. Like I predicted a blowout. I just assumed that the Vikings would bounce back. They know what's on the line against a team that I'm not even convinced is truly trying to win games still. Yeah. Um, yeah. and they go out there and just completely smoke it away. There's no other way to describe it. You're at home. Um, you're the clearly the better team. Justin Fields looks like Justin Fields. Oh, the Bears look like the Bears, and you guys find a way to look worse. I, I it's it's not much you could really say. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> it's so true, man. It was such a bad loss. You know, like it's, it's it's not. You know, last week I brushed off the. I didn't necessarily brush it off, but I kind of brushed off the Broncos' loss and say, you know, oh, yeah. hey, you know, hey, you, it's it's not. It didn't hurt you too bad in the standings and this that, and the third. You can kind of get over it. And I think, you know, the the Minnesota Vikings are still in the seventh seed even after this loss, but this loss feels so much more deflating and so much more like really to the point where it's like, okay, what does the future hold? What is the ceiling? At one point it was maybe they could get to the playoffs and win a playoff game. Now it's like, I mean, they could still get there, but do they want to get there? Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. That was ugly. Um, what were your thoughts, AJ? Yeah, I mean, it's – like you said, like the Broncos lost, that one sucked just because like they played well enough to win, but then, and, and, you know, I think they played well enough to not lose this game, but also they, but they didn't play good enough to win. I don't, that, mm-hmm. that contradicts itself. Like it was just so bad. It was so bad. There was maybe like a combined seven minutes on offense that they looked half decent. The defense, the defense, <laughs> I, other than that final drive, yeah. they looked they looked the part. It's it's just the problem is when they needed them most, they didn't show up. Uh, but you could say the same thing about the offense for for everything but the TJ Hawkinson touchdown. Essentially, um, regarding the Josh Dobbs thing, this is, goes back to was it two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, where we had a conversation or there was a conversation poised about 
should the Vikings start thinking, well, maybe could they just extend Josh Dobbs and then go that mm-hmm. route? You have to this, back to what I said on that show. You have to give a little bit of time to all of these things. I understand mm-hmm. it is the it is the nature of sports to react initially, be reactionary. You're going to you know seconds after. How are we breaking this down? How we, sometimes you have to remove yourself from the situation and hold your tongue slightly because sometimes the quarterback that you just traded uh, in exchange for a sixth round pick, guess what? Maybe he's not your franchise guy, believe it or not. Um, Yeah, no, Josh Dobbs, I'm not going to say that he isn't who I want at quarterback the rest of the season Um, because we've seen at times, and it's so weird because why did he almost play better when he didn't know the playbook as much? You know, like it, it's so yeah. and it, it, I do want to say that I do think that the Bears defense is not they're not a pushover. No, like no. I, it's still the Bears. So I want to get that point across. But this is a team they traded for Montez Sweat at the mm-hmm. deadline. You know, yeah. like it's not like they're a slouch. Obviously, they did the, a trade and extend deal or there. But like it's it's not like it was uh, Pop Warner fifth graders out there that is just he couldn't score on it's grown men playing in the nfl like they're not bad um that being said we have a bye week i kevin o'connell in his postgame press press conference uh he didn't eliminate the opportunity that they could go elsewhere for quarterback come uh the raiders game he mentioned jaron hall that you know and frankly i I, I, it pains me to say it because there was some really good memories with Josh Dobb, Dobbs in the, in the what month or so that he's been here. We printed but t-shirts. I mean, come it, on. It might be, it might be during all time. Once again, you, 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 I don't know, you know, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll talk next week. But might yes, be Jaron yeah. Hall time once again. The the guy uh, was out there for all of a you know a hiccup and his his uh, starting career ended. So maybe you see what he actually has this time around, um, and why not? Because frankly, after these two losses, are they mathematically eliminated? No, not by any means. Right. But are they in the driver's seat anymore? No, they no. are. If this is a honda odyssey minivan they're not in the passenger seat they're not in that middle role they're not even in the back three role they're in the trunk right now you know Mm. like they're in the car don't get me wrong but they're not they're not driving by any means necessary so um i'm open to the idea of making a a change there depending on what kevin o'connell wants to do i i just you know it's so frustrating because it's the bears and we were all so (laughs) confident um, so yeah, it, it was, it was not a great loss. It was just a bad football game. And the fact that my biggest thing is that that game was on a Monday night. You're welcome, and America. There is no need for that game on a Monday night. NFL schedulers. The next time you want to get a little cheeky and you're like, Oh, what if we put a little late November game bear NFC rivalry, NFC North bears, Vikings, bears, you know, Packers, bears, Vikings, Packers, Vikings. I don't care. Just don't put it on a noon, put bury it on CBS with your fourth tier commentators. Like that's a noon game. It's a noon game. Yeah. Save, mm-hmm. save those yeah. for the big boys. Save those for the big boys. I mean, even the lions, they're looking a little suspect right now. Any, any NFC North team, keep them at noon, maybe three yeah. o'clock. If you're feeling a little frisky, but noon, noon for this division. Yeah, I get the preseason, like, because the Bears had a lot of preseason hype and everything like that. A lot of people actually picked them to win the NFC North and stuff like that. So I'm not surprised, like, the schedule makers look at, like, Vikings, Bears later in the season and be like, oh, hey, let's circle that one. Maybe that'll be interesting. I mean, at least it's not like how the Thursday night football games have been this year. I feel so bad for Al Michaels and the games he's had to call. I want to personally apologize to Joe Buck, though. Uh, He was gracious enough to join Purple Daily. He gave us his time. He was very thoughtful and awesome. And so thank you for that. And we welcome him to Minnesota. Welcome him to our stadium. And we give him and Troy that performance, guys. I am so sorry. But thank you so much for joining us for Purple Daily. If you guys want to check out that episode. 
available all across our social media platforms, YouTube, all of our podcast platforms. Please check that out with Joe Buck. Yeah, um, look, the Vikings are always due, I feel like, every single season for a clunker game. Just an absolute clunker game where, like, they don't show up, can't get anything done, and... This really wasn't that game, though, because normally in those games for the Vikings, I'm thinking like the Cooper Rush game when he was the backup quarterback mm. for the Cowboys or even the Cowboys game. Wasn't it last year where the Cowboys blew out the Vikings as well? Something like that. Or even like the first half of the Colts game. Ultimately, the Vikings ended up uh, winning that game. But this kind of is that game, but it isn't that game at the same time because the Vikings were competitive throughout this entire game with the Bears and the offense just completely I, I really have no explanation for it because Dobbs looked so comfortable, maybe a little less comfortable against the Broncos, but still comfortable enough where I don't think anybody was just like, oh, we need to do a change at quarterback. That really has only happened this week. And obviously when you throw four interceptions, that kind of narrative is going to happen. And now we're going to go into the bye week wondering, all right, who is going to be the quarterback for this team against the Raiders? Is it going to continue to be Josh Dobbs? Is it going to be Jaron Hall? Is it going to be Nick Mullins, who right now is the number two quarterback on the depth chart? And honestly, I hate to say this. If I were a betting man, if the Vikings weren't going to start Josh Dobbs against the Raiders, I would bet it's actually going to be Nick Mullins instead of Jaron Hall. But we can get into that a little bit later. Um, yeah, this was just a disaster for the Vikings. And the Bears gave you this game twice at the end of it with those Justin Fields fumbles. I mean, you just saw the look on his face and you you just could look at Justin Fields face and you just thought, all right, he knows that he just lost this game for this team. But the fact that the Vikings weren't able to uh, continue that drive after the second fumble was just huge. And they gave so much time for the Bears to milk the clock at the end of that game and go ahead and kick that field goal with 10 seconds left. Um, I don't know, guys why we didn't blitz Justin Fields on the final drive of that game. We had blitz, we'd blitzed him a lot during the game, but for whatever reason, Brian Flores decided to step back a little bit and decided to take the pressure off. I don't really know why that was. I think he was maybe worried that Justin Fields was going to get out in open space and get a lot of rushing yards. At that point, I don't really care, and I know you're trying to win the field battle position right there, but it was just very, very weird decision-making by Brian Flores. But even though, I mean, yes, this defense deserves to be praised, it's allowed one touchdown in two games after the crap that we had to put up with Ed Donatel last year. I don't think anybody could have possibly predicted that. So he does deserve a lot of credit, and that is nitpicking. And honestly, if the Vikings would have won the game, it's not anything that we are going to be talking about. Also in that fourth quarter, at the very beginning of the fourth quarter, Kevin O'Connell going for it in, on fourth down in their own territory when it was like, Fourth and eight, fourth and seven. Look, I know that like a lot of the analytics these days say, hey, on most fourth down situations is actually percentage wise a better uh, play to actually go for it. But in this case, the analytics did say, uh, actually, the Vikings should probably punt this ball away. And I thought it was just a little bit of a reckless decision. And we've seen that now, you know, with the play calling a couple weeks from KOC, we saw some questionable play calling against the Broncos. And I think that kind of came up here uh, for the Bears, a, a Bears game as well. Um do I think the Vikings necessarily overlooked the Bears and that's why we lost? No, I don't really think so because I still think uh, even if it was more one-sided, uh, it was still the Vikings still competing in that game even if it was more defense than offense. But yeah, this is the worst possible way really we could have gone into the bye week because now honestly, you've left the window open for the teams that we kind of ruled out like over the last week or two that we didn't think had a chance of making the playoffs like the Packers, like the Rams, and even now the five and six New Orleans Saints. So all of a sudden, all of these teams are a lot closer in your rear view mirror than they were just a week ago because of this two game losing streak. Um, obviously, they can bounce back. The schedule is still pretty favorable. The Raiders are cooling off a little bit now that Antonio Pierce has taken over for Josh McDaniels. I believe they lost to Kansas City this past week, I believe. And so maybe you can maybe you can get an advantage there. Uh Cincinnati doesn't look nearly anything like it used to with Joe Burrow. I mean, it just seems like they have stalled completely. Joe Mixon wasn't able to really get going this week. I don't believe Jamar Chase was able to get going too. And I believe T Higgins is still dealing with a hamstring injury. I know that because he's on my fantasy team. Anyway, long story short, man, why did you have to lose this game, man? <laughs> why did you have to lose this game? Um, yeah, the bears were competitive on Thanksgiving against the, the lie or no, not on Thanksgiving the week before against the lions. And so maybe, maybe they found a little momentum watching the tape, but man, this is just, yeah, this, this totally kind of like changes what I think Vikings fans thought 
the ceiling was obviously with Josh Dobbs, but now just also like as a framework of the whole team, because we, we, I think we all thought that like, all right, if we are going to make something happen this season, it likely will be with Josh Dobbs playing super duper duper well. But now that we don't have necessarily that guarantee or even guaranteed that he is not going to throw like four interceptions again, it now just kind of puts us in this spin cycle of just like, all right, what exactly? What, like, I just don't know where the Vikings are going to end up this season after this week. I really don't know. They could totally miss the playoffs, sneak in for that six or seven seed. I, honestly, it's a flip of a coin up at this point. And obviously they have the bye week to figure things out, decide who their starting quarterback's going to be. Maybe that makes an easier uh, a choice for me down the road. But as of right now, I just feel like I've been thrown into chaos by this football team. And I don't know where we're going to end up. Bring on Jaron Hall. All right. <laughs> you heard it. <laughs> Bring on Jaron Hall. All right. I've been on this hype train. Hopefully, it's a good hype train to be on, unlike the Alexander Madison hype train. I don't necessarily. He didn't fumble this week, at least. That... <laughs> this week. Yeah. Yeah. This Sorry. week. Yes. Nice. It's another conversation we can have later. Who, should, who we should think get more RB1 reps out of the bye week? Ty Chandler, Alexander Madison. But first. Ty Chandler. But your case for Jaron Hall. Yes. I, I just, again, like I said before, I liked what I saw out of college. He was really good at managing football games. He wasn't a guy that turned the ball over. Um, he was just very efficient. A really good pocket passer. I liked what I saw out of him in the hiccup that he was on the field, as AJ said, um, before he got hurt, went out with that concussion. And as you guys remember, I was one of the guys that came on the show and was like, oh, I still want to throw him back out there and see what you have. Um, obviously, you know, Dobbs went out there and went crazy. So it was like, all right, well, I agree. Let's write this out. But now that Dobbs has kind of come back to earth, I think it would be flat out idiotic. Let's let, let me be clear. Let me be clear. <laughs> idiotic. To throw Mullins out there instead of seeing what you have in in Jaron Hall, because you know what Mullins is, you know what he is. This notion that and me and this is coming from a conversation that me and Jason had off air. Yeah. So this is where all this like this energy is coming from, right? This notion that he's the safe bet, right? Mullins is the safe bet. He's going to come in and manage the game. I'm not sure Mullin, Mullins isn't going to come in there and throw four interceptions just like Dobbs. I feel the same way about same way about Jaron Hall. I'm not sure, but Jaron Hall could very well have a higher ceiling than both of those guys. You will not know unless you use this stretch right here to end the season to give him a shot to see what he has. I'm not saying the guy's going to go out there and be Patrick Mahomes. I'm not saying the guy's going to go out there and be Joe Burrow. I'm not saying the guy's going to go out there and be Brock Purdy, all right? But I'm not confident he's going to go out there and look as bad as Dobbs just looked either. So I'm just saying I think you got to give him a shot. All right. The schedule is still very easy as I pull it back up on my screen. Um, the Bengals are shelling themselves right now without, you know, Joe Burrow. The Raiders are kind of up and down. You know, I kind of like what they got going on just a little bit defensively there. They've gotten a little bit better since they got a new head coach in there. Then you got the Lions, the Packers, and the Lions again. If there was ever a time to see what you have in a young rookie quarterback, throw them in the fire and see what you got. And Justin Jefferson will be back, hopefully. So you have more options to throw the football to. It'll make it easier for him. Um, like I said, he wasn't a turnover-prone guy in college. Now, that's not to say he won't be a turnover-prone guy in the NFL, but it's you got to give him a shot. You got to see what you have, and you never know. He might actually be good. He might be. The, it's possible that he's good. I liked what I saw in the limited time he was out there. So are you starting Jaron Hall against the Raiders? Yes. I'm starting, I'm right. starting Jaron right. Hall for the rest of the season. I'm, right. I'm giving him the – and. If he goes out there and he gets hurt again, okay, give Mullins the shot. But you know what you have in Mullins. You know what you have in Dobbs. You know it. You, even though Dobbs went out there and played sensational for that short period of time, deep down inside, we all kind of knew. Now, we didn't know this was coming. Four interceptions in one game, yeah, yeah. lose to the Chicago Bears. We didn't know that was coming. But we all kind of knew the highs that he reached was not sustainable. Like, he's not going to do this every game. He's not going to play at this level every game. He's going to he's gonna kind of – last week I said he's going to level off. He's going to give you a mix of what he what he was in the Atlanta game and what he was in the Broncos game. He's going to be somewhere in the middle, you know. But, like, we we now see where, where he is. And, yes, he could be better after the bye. But I'm giving Jaron Hall this time for the rest of the season to see what you have. And the thing I think, too, is people need to remember, the trade for Josh Dobbs was not for him to be the starter. You know, right. it was so they had a capable, healthy, maybe arguably somewhat mobile, smart backup who could learn 
the plan was for Josh or not. It, the plan was for Josh Dobbs to not be the starter. Jaron Hall was the guy that they initially give the nod to. And then that hiccup ended with him smacking his head on that uh, Astro turf down in Atlanta. And he was seeing the, the cartoon burns flying around his head. You know, like it, yeah. there's just no other way to put it. Um, Yeah. I just like, if the gut feeling originally was Jaron Hall at, the, at this point, you've now lost to the Broncos. You lost to the Bears. Four interceptions. One of them hit went off the hands of Jordan Addison. That you know, mm-hmm. you're gonna. You're, I'll look the other way on. But mm-hmm. some of those throws, some of those. The I want to say it was the first one of the night that kind of like it wasn't. It. Yeah. it was a floating ball and ten for. He had that last week against the Broncos. It almost got picked off. Probably should have been, but the mm-hmm. the DB had worse hands in that play. Mm-hmm. This one was right into the guy's lap, essentially. Um, there was one that I, I want to say was his fourth one was like in the pocket, kind of getting tripped. He's falling mm-hmm. backwards and still made the like fade away J throw. Like just go down, man. Yeah. Just, just yeah, right. take, take the loss of the yards. Um, like, yeah, no, I, I, I don't want to keep rambling on it. Cause I think we're all, at least I'm, I'm repeating a lot of what artists is saying here, but like it, it's Jaron mm-hmm. Hall. Just go Jaron Hall. And like this is might get taken out of context and might sound like I, it it might sound just bad in in a negative connotation. I just, I don't care. I don't care in the sense that we, it's such a step down with no matter who you're going with from Kirk Cousins with how he was playing. Not to take a side swipe here at Jalen Hurts, but there was uh, graphics floating around before this past week of like, you know, the leading MVP contender, blah, blah, blah. And the numbers compared to Kirk, the very base numbers, I just want to say that, very base numbers are like, wow, Kirk, if he's still healthy, and like Kirk was lighting things up. You are going from, you know, you're going from Rudy Gobert in the post to me. You know what I'm saying? It's not yeah. going to be a true win in any sense of the word for any Vikings fan. I might get lucky. <laughs> you get a rebound or two. I might pull a skyhook yeah. over Embiid's head and it'll fall. But my my right. God, I'm not I'm not going out there and putting up meaningful minutes. And that's what I think the Vikings here are doing at quarterback. Like I I don't care because it's not going to like you're not making an upgrade. It's just not an upgrade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, if you truly believe in your heart of hearts that the Vikings can and will win a Super Bowl with any of these quarterbacks, I kind of want to meet you. Like that's, <laughs> I'm all for hope. But if you truly yeah. think like they they are a contender right now, you get we gotta have a conversation. Mm-hmm. So, KOC, this is your time to like be a coach. Look at the young guy. Let him get out there, get some reps, see what he has. Because if you don't know what he has come draft time, and then you're thinking, do we like we know what he can do in practice? Do we? But so we don't need to take a guy. And then Quasey says, oh, but but this guy kind of fallen. Maybe you want to trade up a spot or two. Like, get an idea so you can have a plan come the off season. And frankly, if he sucks, then you know. If he's great, right. by all means, <laughs> make a run or something. But if he's like in the middle wishy-washy and you're not quite sure, then you at least have a base reading of like, okay, he he's developing, but he's not a guy. He's not the guy. So exactly. um, yeah, I, I'm coming out of the bye. Jaron Hall, get, give him to me. In a way. I mean, I agree with you guys. If the Vikings are, if their goal is to see what they have, then Jaron Hall needs to be the starting quarterback. If the goal is to prospect for the future, then you have to see what Jaron Hall has. But is anybody else mildly intrigued to see what Josh Jobs can do with Justin Jefferson? I don't know. I might raise my hand a little bit and be alone then on that island. I am just mildly intrigued. I know, I know the last two games have been borderline disasterful. And we even said like, all right, if, as as the Dobbs mania was sweeping the nation, everything like that, we all said that, like, all right, probably something really, really bad is going to happen to derail this thing. And the Bears game is pretty much as close as you can get to that point. Um, I just I, I internally, I just really have no idea how really just how um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just uh, how much Josh Dobbs, how long the leash is really about him being a starting quarterback. Obviously, KOC has been very, very coy 
since uh, Monday night about just potentially even committing to even just an idea of who the starting quarterback is going to be. Literally any quarterback question he was asked about any individual guy, he would circle back and talk about all three of them in some capacities. So at least publicly, they are showing us that we are keeping this op- we are keeping the options open. But internally, I really don't know. I don't know how much equity Josh Dobbs really had built up to this point. Um, obviously, if the Raiders game starts off disastrous and you have Josh Dobbs starting as the quarterback, if he turns over the ball like multiple times in that first half at that point, and I think the coaching staff would agree too that, all right, it's time to look in a different direction, whether that be Nick Mullins or Jaron Hall. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I, maybe I'm the only one guys. I'm probably going to stand here and say that I actually want Josh Dobbs starting against the Raiders because I am so intrigued to see what can potentially happen with Justin Jefferson. And again, if the name of the game is winning this season, then the things that you can do with Jaron Hall to see what you got there. I mean, to be frankly honest, that's activity for four and eight teams like the Bears, the Commanders, the Giants, and that kind of stuff. Not teams that but are in playoff contention. That's how you have Hel- to view it if you have – go ahead, go ahead, AJ, no, go ahead. Healthy debate. Healthy debate here. What what, what do you think that Justin Jefferson – do you think he's magically going to make the ball magnetized to his hands? Like He has a tendency to do that sometimes. He's a pretty damn good receiver. He's great, but like that throw to Addison. something out of nothing in the Buffalo play, right? I mean but, it, but that throw to Addison, there was so there was a floater. Him getting him getting tripped in the pocket and trying to force one through. That is not the receiver's fault. That is a poorly thrown ball. That I is agree. bad decision making. And granted, I think he's a nice guy. I love I like his press conferences are great. I love the whole passion. Nobody says thing. anything nice after they preface something like that. But <laughs> but we frankly we we don't know what an exciting young rookie like Jer- Jaron Hall can do with Justin Jefferson. And also, you've now seen a pretty decent sample size of what what a guy like Josh Dobbs, Dobbs can do with Jordan Addison, who I think we can all agree is a pretty solid receiver for being a rookie. This, this is a Absolutely. guy where, like, when Justin Jefferson went, went out, he still kind of had that cloak of, like, okay, you know, he he, he was competing for, like, the, the wide receiver two designation with K.J. Osborne, you know? Like, it, it's not like it was a – it's not like he has now emerged – I mean, granted, I don't think he's a wide receiver one on this team by any means still because once Justin Jefferson stepped on that field to, again – He's been forced to He's be. been forced to, yeah. but they have T.J. Hot, who's been doing crazy numbers in his absence. So yes. – if he if if you have those pieces already, I understand Justin Jefferson is a different animal, like the best receiver in the league. But it's not like he's been working. He's it's not like you asked him to build a house with Lincoln logs here. You know, he's got the tools. He's got the lumber. Now you're just adding maybe a couple more like guys to help with the project. I it, but he didn't even have like a base, the foundation. He, does, he has no blueprints. It looks like after last or after Monday night. So I just don't. I understand your feeling on it, but I just don't think that Justin Jefferson elevates his skill level enough. I think that I think it adds more weapons to the arsenal and probably in part does make him appear to be better because you're you're adding another weapon out there for the defense to worry about. But I want to see a Jaron Hall sequence. I give him a game. Frankly, if you I think Dobbs would understand, hey, buddy, we traded a six for you. We're going to sit you here and try the rookie guy that we took a chance on and then go back to him prove it then do that get get let jaron hall have a chance because he got a chance and then the football god smacked him said hey we're not <laughs> go go back to the bench buddy i i, I just want to see what he's got like they they, they, took, it, they took a like, chance I'm, away and i i yeah. want to see like we we just don't know what we have there like like i hear the i hear the jingle jangle of the of the of the coin bag but I don't know if it's pennies or dollar, you know, dollar coins. Like, let's mm-hmm. let's see what we have. Can I add? Let me add to this really quick. Yeah, go ahead. I think that the Minnesota Vikings will be making a mistake in thinking or assuming that you have a better chance at beating the Raiders with Dobbs in than Jaron Hall. Because to be quite frank, we don't know that. We have no clue. This isn't. You know, Josh Dobbs, the guy that we saw in Atlanta anymore. This is the guy now that teams have film on. He's played really bad for, 
I I won't say really bad for two straight games, but he played uh one game and really bad the next. Like he has kind of almost hit his ceiling, like played the best he's played all year when he first stepped out there and now hit his floor, right? So we don't know what the floor is for Jaron Hall or what the ceiling is. That's one. And also to add to that, you're throwing a young quarterback out there that the Raiders have no film on besides college and besides one possession against Atlanta. Similar to how Josh Dobbs was thrown into the fire with the Minnesota Vikings where, you know, the Falcons didn't have any type of film on Dobbs with the Minnesota Vikings. So it's harder to game plan for that because you have – I don't know how KLC is going to use him in, within that offense. So it's harder to defend. So I think from that standpoint, from a strategic standpoint, I truly believe – and it's still – we don't know for sure, but I believe you have a better chance with a guy that nobody's seen before, a young rookie who's coming in with Justin Jefferson, then a guy – who we've seen, we've seen him throw four picks. We know how he can force, how we can force him into turnovers and mistakes. We know that. We don't know that with Jaron Hall. The last thing I'll say about this really quick is Vikings fans. I'm going to be brutally honest. Uh-oh. It's time, it's time to be real. Jason said, um, that's a move that you make for a Chicago Bears team or a um, just a bad team that's not looking to complete for a playoff spot. XYZ. Um, that's not a move that you make in order to make the playoffs. You want to keep the best talent on the field to make the playoffs. My question I like, I like where you're going with this. I like where is, you're going with this. My question is to do what? To yes. do what? Lose in the first round? Win a game, lose in the next round? Mm-hmm. Keep going. To keep going. do what? That that's that's you have to start to look at yourselves like you're the team that you just lost to, which is the Chicago. You are the Chicago Bears. Mm, no, Truly, when it comes to okay, no, okay, no, okay, no, okay, no, yeah, no, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. When it comes to competing for a potential championship this year, yes, you have a better chance than the Bears because you'll make the playoffs, but you're not gonna make any more noise than what the Bears will make in the first round. You will probably lose in the first round. That, and, that, and that's the honest truth. So you have to think about the future right now. If there was ever a time to think about the future, it's the year that Kirk Cousins isn't under contract anymore. It's the year that you have so much uncertainty at the quarterback position. It's the year that you don't you haven't extended JJ. You have to think about the future right now because you know deep down inside, even if you make the playoffs, it's to do what exactly? The, the whole point of scoring off since I've been hired is to win a Super Bowl before I die. Again, the playoffs, you better, ch- you have a better chance of winning the Super Bowl. But I know you know you, you don't won't. Ha- I know you, know you won't. You but are you going to tell a team that's in the playoff race right now with the seven seed to start to quit? No, you're, no. no. What you're going to tell but them that's is we're not telling you're going to put exactly. We're that's not telling them to quit. What we're telling them is we're going to put a young rookie quarterback out there, a quarterback that is capable of playing. But well. if you don't put out the guy that gives you the best chance to win, if you don't sell that to your team, that might not be Jaron. How do we know that is Dobbs, though? How do we, we don't know, know it's Dobbs either? We don't have any tape with Dobbs with Jefferson either. So that argument kind of goes both but ways. Right. Have, that teams don't do, have the tape on that either. We so we could have, surprise teams that way, too. We, the Raiders might not be expecting. But stuff, we do saying. have two back to back games of him losing games. And he did not lose threw, the Broncos game. And Josh Dobbs did not lose the Broncos and one, game. Well, he was the starting quarterback. The most important player on the field is the quarterback. So, no, he didn't lose the game, but he contributed to a loss, right? Yes. Correct. So, in this game, he was in large part of the reason why they lost, correct? Yes. So, give the young rookie opportunity to go out there. And I would make the argument if I'm KOC. I think you're waving the white flag. You do this, guys. I really I don't think, think you do. I don't, I don't believe so. I think if I you're think KOC. Dobbs has built up enough momentum in that locker room that players aren't going to want to quit on him. And so, I don't think that would go over well. And frankly, Nick Mullins is number two on the depth chart. I firmly believe they're going to start Nick Mullins before. Now, that's waving that a white flag. And, and I would yeah. actually agree with that <laughs> that's statement. Waving a white flag. I would agree with that statement. I want Jaron Hall before Nick Mullins. Guys, honestly. If the Vikings hadn't gone on the five-game winning streak, we wouldn't even be talking about all this stuff. Honestly, this, this conversation about building for the future would have been totally easier to have if we just hadn't won all these games. These are actually fun conversations to have because I don't think any of us thought the Vikings would really be in this position. And, yeah, like it's kind of where the Vikings constantly are in that kind of like, literally six and six. It's a very hard place to be in and I get that and so I know I feel like I'm stuck in a rock and hard place because yes I, I love the potential of what Jaron Hall could do but I still have a little bit of equity built up in Josh Dobbs that I want to see what he can do with Justin Jefferson that's just me being selfish even if it 
even if it's not ultimately the reason the Vikings are going to have a better chance of winning a ball game. And but it, it, it's it's both sides of this argument. I think Vikings fans can really be on both sides of it. I think there's argument to both sides. And to clarify, I'm not literally saying you're the Chicago Bears, but I'm yeah. saying that you should. <laughs> I'm saying that you should think as if you're the Bears and start to kind of plan. Like obviously they're better, to, even though they lost to the Bears, hmm. they are better overall than the Bears. They're better set up for the future given the talent that they already have on the roster. Hmm. They're you know, but I, if I was, if, and I'm not a GM, but if I was a GM, I would think of myself in not a rebuilding phase, but I would think of myself in a phase of let's see what we have moving forward opposed to right now we have a roster. If we throw yeah. Dobbs out there, we can make the playoffs and make a run. Well, yeah. the term, the term that Quasey has used before is a competitive rebuild in two, two. I hate that term. I hate that term, by the yeah, way. It's, it's, it's so vague and I don't know what it means. Two, two quick <laughs> points. One is for the success that we've seen from Josh Dobbs. One was in a team, not game planning for him at all. He just got thrown into the fire. Granted, it was a pretty impressive performance, both by him and KOC, given the circumstances. And then kind of the same thing the next week, because they were doing so much stuff on the fly. How much can you trust the, the film that, the Saints watched just because it it was so it, it was so much improvisation. It was so much of hey, here's what we're running. You don't know what to do. Immediately bail, scramble. You know, like there was no set game plan for Josh Dobbs, so they didn't really know what to plan for. So they're adjusting on the fly as well. But when a team had time and film and a game plan to go off of, we've seen that it just hasn't worked out all that well. So. I, I just think that if you throw in a guy, you, you plus you have a bye week. Like that's I think that's the biggest thing here. If it was a one week turnaround, maybe you stick with Dobbs. True, true. But true. you have you have two weeks now to game plan and because he, he can look, he can study night and day what the Raiders do on defense to like adjust and like they can draw up a game plan. And granted, it might be a, a one game wonder situation because you're not gonna be able to have enough time to do that uh for the following week. But I I just I, I don't like the, I just don't like the argument of like Justin Jefferson is going to magically fix the defense or fix the offense for the, for Josh Dobbs. Oh, it, and I like, didn't say it was magically going to fix it, but it's going to help a whole hell of a it lot. It will help. It will help. Yeah, and but it would, it would help that. Jaron Hall too. And that, that's my thing. If, if you give. It's going to help everyone. That's the thing. If, if you tell somebody that they have to play a five, uh, a, a par five with a seven iron, and then, you know, you say, hey, the next par five, I'm going to give you a driver for it. Guess what? You're probably going to knock a stroke off that hole, but you're probably still going to bogey or double bogey because, frankly, not everybody's good at golf, you know? So um, the second point, Artis had a good thing on this, too, is like regarding like the vision and the the mentality of it. I think the Jaron Hall route to me, and this is just me personally, because some other people may feel different about it, is it's it's the it's the brave move. You know, it's it's a move that says I care about this franchise. Because if you don't, it's it's the same thing as as maybe you could say the punt the other night instead oh. of trying to kick a field goal. I, I don't want to go by the statistical – and granted, sometimes you have to, but I don't want to all the time go by the statistical, well, this gives you the highest probability of conversion rate because we calculated the Pythagorean theorem mixed with the equilibrium of this console and blah, blah, blah. Guys, you got to go with the gut feeling. <laughs> you got to go with the gut feeling sometimes. You have to take yeah. a leap of faith at some point. You can't always punt j- just because it's the right thing to do. But in the in the flip side of this, take a punt by going with, with and that's the term of phrase there, with Jaron Hall. Be be take the brave move and say, you know what, we care about this. We're not going to go with the safe. I'm not going to. I don't want to say cowardice, but it, it it's just it says we want to progress forward. It is a progressive decision for the team to go with a guy like Jaron Hall for a start. I'm not saying the rest of the season. I just want to see him with the start to see what he at least can offer off a of bye week against the Raiders. That's the last thing I have to say about that. Let us know in the comments section what you think, Vikings yeah, fans. I, I think this is fans. a this is a, I think this is a decisive topic across all Minnesota sports fans. That's going to be just what we're going to be talking about around the water cooler for the next couple of weeks. Who yeah. do you want to be the quarterback 
what is it, week 14 in Vegas. Hopefully a lot of Vikings fans are able to go and make that trip. I can't imagine, like, seeing – I want to see a football game in Vegas so bad. It looks like so much fun. I want to – I've never been to Vegas. Artists, you have. AJ, really? you have. You've checked out the sports scene and stuff like that. Now that sports is incorporating to Vegas, I'd love to go to some games, go to a sports book for a day, and then lose all my money on the blackjack table later in the night. You know, that that'd probably be my – That needs to be a uh, taxi squad trip right there. Vegas would be oh, a whole – man, the Vegas Ooh. is like my favorite. Place Speaking of be. Vegas. Speaking of Vegas, if I can take a, a, a trip on the uh on the transition wheel here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh-oh. Speaking of Vegas, the Timberwolves, we could schedule that trip when they play in the in-season tournament championship down in Las Vegas, because these wolves are hotter than hot right now. I hate to burst the bubble, but didn't the wolves get eliminated from the in-season tournament? <laughs> no, they no, they did not. I thought they won last night, so they could- I thought. I, but I think they needed like a certain uh, margin of victory in order to stay. Like they had to beat them by like 38 in order to stay within the running, I believe. Yeah, to make the it. aggregate point total. So but, I think the Wolves oh, are actually out. Of the okay. Well, but, then, okay. But it was still really. I, I still, I, that was a great transition, though. Still, I mean, you know, A plus. It was still good. You know. <laughs> I didn't. I thought. AJ I was hockey. Uh, yeah, for the, for anybody watching or listening to this for the first time, they're going to think I'm a buffoon. But it is well documented on this show that I'm a very casual at best basketball fan. So my original source on that news was that if they won, they were in. So, so. yes, hey, I'm, they will find out soon. I'm the same way with hockey and baseball. So you're listen. There are some we know all about, and some it's like eh, I'm a kind of a, what's, what's I don't crazy really know is, much about what's crazy is I did. Uh, I did a show this morning where I talked about it and I mentioned like, there's, you know, we're going to raise a banner for it, and people like gave me a weird look and I, but they didn't correct me. And then I talked to people at the office today about, cause we, but I potentially need to help out because of like people be getting pulled to help out with a certain event for the wolves. And I was like, well, yeah, just let me know if you still need. And they're like, I, I don't think we're, I don't think we do. Nobody correct me all day. I've had about seven conversations about this. I think I'm surrounding myself with bad people. Yeah, yeah you, they you, left you, but Jason didn't. You can't. Yeah, I, I got you, bro. You I got you, bro. Yeah. I, I got you, bro. Rolling, like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know. So I, how I, mean, I just so how I just stumbled and fell, similar yes. to how Anthony Edwards stumbled and fell. Uh, how about that transition, mm-hmm. guys? That what, yeah. what? Where are we at? Hell. Thank you. I I know a little bit here. What? Where are we at? Uh, DefCon level here for that? I know he, he came back from the locker room and was like, he was all smiles on the sidelines, courtside, and everything like that, but. If Anthony Edwards were to miss significant time, how much of a mayday situation are the Wolves in? Or do they have the pieces, given how they've been playing, to kind of maybe not keep the train rolling as is, but you know, hobble on, st- still pick up some wins, but uh, hold down the four until he's back? Uh, to be honest with you, I thought about this very thing uh, before the show. What if Anthony Edwards does miss a little bit of time? Is it a hip issue? Is that what's going on? I, I haven't so. seen anything reported today. We're recording this on Wednesday, November 29th. And if it were if it were something serious, I think we'd have some news. It's been about 24 hours in the cycle. So I th- think it might just be day to day. We'll see. Um, hopefully, Jane McDaniels is on the mend as well. Hopefully, he can come back soon, even though, I mean, we're first in the West. It don't seem to matter who we put on the court these days. But anyway, AJ, if Anthony Edwards does miss a little bit of time here, this actually might be an okay time uh, for the Wolves for that to happen because of who they play in the next uh, week or so. We got Utah coming up on Thursday, then at Charlotte versus San Antonio. And I know they got Wemby and everything, but they only have like three wins and 14 losses. The Spurs have a lot of growing up to do. And then they are in Memphis after that. So you've got four games here that if you want to give Ant a little bit of rest, you possibly could. But then after that, mm. holy cow, 16 straight opponents the Wolves will have to face that are 500 or better. It's going to be an absolute gauntlet through December, basically through all of January. They are going to play some of the NBA's best. Um, yeah, 16 straight. So it's not going to be a huge deal because uh, I think you can you, you can beat any, you can go on a let's see they've already won two in a row after Memphis and Oklahoma City. You could honestly go on another four game win streak right here, get that win streak ultimately up to six, and then you have a little bit of a cushion as you start that gauntlet of a schedule. Um, but yeah, I think if he was truly dealing with something that was significant, we 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 would have heard about it by now. Um, but otherwise, this team is still rolling. I'm actually curious to see if they can continue the momentum if Ant does have to miss a little time just to see how good they can still be and this might be the time to do it with the schedule 
Yeah, I'm curious to see if he plays tomorrow. I mean, yeah. like I said, we we haven't even we haven't heard anything. He didn't finish the game, but I mean, they did win the game without him out there on the floor against a really good Thunder team this year, young and up and coming, just like you know the Minnesota Timberwolves. And so, I do think they have enough. Um, it's still tricky though, because Ant is your best player. Like, it's no question he is your best player. So things can you know go awry, things can go south. But given the schedule, like Jason just highlighted. I think the Wolves, with how they're playing defense, I feel like I bring this up every show, but with how they're playing on the defensive end of the of the ball, I feel like, you know, they could take out these teams coming up, but for that 16-game stretch, oh, you're going to need Ant-Man. Did you see Rudy last night, man? He didn't even, like, put up crazy amount of, like, stats or whatever, but there were some just individual plays where he wasn't even touching the ball on defense. He was just defending, and just Oklahoma City could not do a gosh darn thing inside it was honestly probably Rudy Gobert's best defensive game as a Minnesota Timberwolf and now I'm seeing all over social media him being launched in the stratosphere for defensive player of the year again it's awesome when's the last time you've seen a guy like Rudy Gobert jump a passing lane on the perimeter and take it back for a fast break dunk Mm. on a guy like Chet who's like you know hometown hero here might be taller than Um, him yeah yeah, taller than him younger more athletic just jumps the passing lane on the uh, keyword on the perimeter. <sighs> jumps the passing lane on the perimeter, runs the break, dunks the ball, and does it clean. Like it looks smooth. He Rudy's a different player this year. He he really yeah. is a different player. I I feel like he's playing better, and this may be a hot take, but I feel like he's playing maybe his best defensive basketball that he's played his entire career, maybe. Honestly, just the way it looks. I don't know if that. I don't know if the stats support that, people. So before everybody's in the comment section, oh, you guys, you don't know what you're talking about. I don't know, but I'm saying from the eye test with how how he's moving, how he's getting to the loose balls, how he's blocking shots. I mean, he had Chet in a box towards the end of that game last night, and I respect Chet as a ball player yeah. in this league. I think he's going to be a really. I think he's going to be a star. I think he's going to be a perennial All Star type player in this in this league he's still young but he's a really good player that honestly I thought was going to give the Timberwolves a lot of problems to be honest but Rudy did his thing and I think right now yes Mike Conley is you know the guy I think you brought it up um um last episode Jason yeah. he is the guy that's getting everything going on offense getting everybody in their spots Anthony Edwards is obviously the star you got Cat as the co-star but you could make the argument that Rudy Gobert may be and I don't know if I want to say this out loud, but I'm going to say it because I've already started to I've already started to say it. This is going to sound yeah. stupid, but I'm going to say it. <laughs> he may be right now the most valuable player on the team. Not the best, not the best, not the best, but the most valuable with what he brings on defense because Actually. he's the guy who you know if 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 Ant wants to go for a steal, he knows he's got Rudy back there in the in the in the paint. So you could funnel him to Rudy. Rudy's gonna get the block, he's gonna get the rebound, he's gonna start the, the fast breaks. And then again, you can't even when you go small, he's there on the perimeter now. Like he's guarding on the perimeter now, which is impressive. For, even for a guy like Draymond Green, who's a lot smaller and is is used to being a a, a center playing in small ball lineups, it's still impressive. This guy's seven foot playing on the perimeter. Effectively on defense, which is something we all know he's never done throughout his career. That's always been a liability for him. So I you could make the argument that he is the most valuable player right now on the team, especially defensively. Not the best. But right now, I mean, you need Rudy to help anchor this defense. You need Rudy Gobert. He may be the best player on the team right now. He, he, he may. He may. In this stretch, in this little stretch right here, not through the entire season, little stretch, little stretch. Um, as as of just this right now. I mean, he's he's playing the best out of any Timberwolf, is what I should say. Yeah. He, he's playing that he is maximizing his talent more than any other player on the team right now, and it's just been it's it's created this nice little renaissance. I don't think as many people are. By, by the way, AJ, are we going to do it today? Are we going to get going to get the Rudy meter today? This is your game. I don't want to do it for you, but like, what are we uh, what are we doing here? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls from around the world, it's time to play your favorite basketball related game on taxi squad what do you rate the rudy gobert trade where the Timberwolves traded five picks five human beings for one rudy gobert on a scale of one to two jason starting with you what did i say a 1.5 last week why don't we raise that up to a 1.6 i'm feeling pretty good about this team first place in the western conference and i believe actually 
even after, even if you're listening to this a day after we record, I think the Wolves will still be first in the West. I believe they have a game and a half lead right now over, like, I think Phoenix or something like that. Phoenix is, Phoenix is re- or OKC? One of the two. One it might be so. still OKC. Yeah. OKC like that. But yeah, I mean, it's Denver. Just checked. Denver. Okay. Yeah. Denver. Okay. But yeah, no, this is arguably the best stretch that Rudy has played since he's been traded to the Timberwolves. It's the most hype that's surrounding the team right now. I mean, obviously things got kind of started off really iffy last season and then none of that hype really got to build until really like until really about the playoff time and stuff for that for the Wolves. But we're gaining this momentum at the beginning of the season and that's just a whole lot of fun. I think I said this last week even. It feels like everything that should have happened Last season is happening this season. Like, there should have been a whole bunch of hype right away. The team should have been good right away, even though they weren't. And it kind of feels like we just, like, put a pause on a year. And we're like, okay, this is the team that we actually, like, traded, like, we wanted to create by trading all these picks away and stuff like that. So I'm feeling good. Let's give it a 1.6. All right. So Jason raises his up. From a 1.5 to 1.6, let's hand it over to Wait, Mr. Woods. Hold on. Hold on. 1.7 hold last on. week. Mr. Woods, what's your rating of the hold Rudy on. Gobert trade? Why are you doing a Rocco Bonello impression right now? <laughs> that's my that, – it's actually funny you say that because I've, I've been doing that like old-timey like radio voice guy for a long time. That's been like a shtick of mine. And then I just happened to meet Rocco and I was like, oh, no, I don't think I can do this around the office because people are going to think that I'm mocking him. Oh, clop, clop. I love Rocco. But if I ever, if anybody ever needs a, a Rocco impersonation on a, on a, on a quick second, I might be the guy. Cause that, <laughs> I've been, I've been doing that voice. I want to say since like eighth grade, maybe oh earlier. You like, mastered yeah. it at this point. So yeah. Like, yeah. I, I can just dip into it really quick, no matter what. And like, yeah. If I do it too oh my long, God. my eyes start to water. But um, but uh, Mr. Oh Woods, you went with one point seven last week. What uh, what have you raised your score up or dropped it to? Clomp, um, clomp. I would have to. I mean, I just said he might be the most valuable player on the team at the like Jason said at, right now during the, during the stretch which, during the stretch right. Do that. Uh, I mean, I gotta at least go to a one point eight. I have to. I mean, I gotta keep going. Hey, I mean, is that an all time high? Yeah, it is. Probably. It is. Like, but I, this might be the all-time high right now. Yeah. And it could maybe even grow even bigger. You like know. you said, Jason, this is this is what you made the trade for. You know, you hoped that, you know, Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns could cause, coexist within the same lineup. You hoped that Anthony Edwards, it would help open things up for him offensively and defensively because you got the lob threat at the rim. And defensively, you know, you got somebody to funnel offensive players to so you can be more aggressive on the perimeter. Um, this is what you hope for. And, I mean, you're winning. You are winning. You are first in the Western Conference. We will see how long it lasts with the given schedule coming up and the stretch that you just named. But this is what you did it for. If you continue at this stretch and you get the one seed, or say if we bring it back down to earth, say they don't get the one seed, but say they get a top four seed, you are now you got a home court advantage, you know, through at least the first round of the postseason. And so this is what you did it for. The, the sky right now is the limit, and Rudy Gobert is a big part of that sky being the limit. Absolutely. And if you want to share your rating of the Rudy Gobert trade, leave your comments in the <laughs> section down below. Yes. The Wolves Play along are firing. Yeah. Enjoy yeah. us. Anyway, I, I shouldn't do an impression. Uh, anyway, yeah. Wolves are firing on all cylinders. Speaking of firing, unfortunately for the Minnesota Wild, uh, <laughs> yes. not as good as not as good as yes. transitions. AJ, let's be real. No, but yeah, that was, that was, uh, was up there. Was up there. Yeah, yeah, not to bury the lead, but yeah, he, seismic moves at the XL Energy Center. Dean Evason uh, let go as Minnesota Wild head coach after I believe that losing streak got to seven games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wolves are at least seven. Yes. Oh, was it? Oh my gosh. Wow. Uh, yeah. Points wise, the Wolves are bottom in the our Wolves. The Wild are bottom in the West. Um, and Bill Guerin even said in his press conference, "Look, I just didn't feel like things were gonna get better." So he ultimately thought he may, had to make a move, hire John Hines, former Predators and New Jersey Devils coach. Um, yeah, this is pretty shocking. I mean, I know things weren't going well for the Wild, AJ and Artis, but I mean, Dean Evason is the franchise leader, win percentage as a head coach. I thought maybe he built up a little bit of equity to try to get through this thing, but obviously Bill Guerin thought differently and decided now was the time to make a move, even though, I mean, we can make an argument, too, that maybe there were some offseason moves as well, maybe an offering some contract extensions that maybe could have waited, that maybe with the buyouts happening with Prezi and Suter, maybe maybe could have waited. I don't know. What, what do you guys think about just the craziness that's happened at the X over the last few days? My quick question for you guys yeah. is... 
you know, this is a team, if I'm not mistaken. Now, again, fans, I'm not the guy who is the big hockey guy. So this is just similar just to my question. goof on the Wolves here. Imagine exactly. the same thing, but flipped for artists in hockey. Exactly. And so, I just kind of know a little bit about everything. Yeah, uh, not much about anything, just a very little bit. Will we'll, burst. So my question is, from my understanding, the Wild was a playoff team last year. Yes. Who were was playing really good hockey um, at, you know, really playing at a high level. And I'm looking at their record. Six and ten, obviously, is not good. So I guess a question I was going to come up either way is my question. What do you guys think is the biggest issue with the Wild? And why don't they look like the team that we saw last year? So the penalty thing, killing. Sorry, just no, you're fine. Just jump I mean, right on it. Just that's, jump that's, right that's, on it. Let's go ahead, AJ. Um, there is, I mean, there's a lot of things. The biggest thing is the upper echelon players, like the top top guys who are making the most amount of money. They're just not producing. Um, mm. And right now they're sitting 14th of 16th in the Western Conference. With the win last night, they go up to 16 points, leading two over the Blackhawks, uh, four over the San Jose Sharks, who are abysmal, kind of a joke of a hockey team. But the fact that the Wild are that close kind of shows how bad of a stint the Wild have been in here. Um, There is like a well-known stat across the NHL that if you're in a certain spot and you're kind of just out of it by Thanksgiving, as early as that is in the season, it's hard to get out of that hole. You got to make a change quick and it's got to be, you know, efficient. And so Bill Guerin being the hockey guy, he is, I mean, I read a Michael Russo of the athletic had a really good story today. He sat down with Dean Evison um, and had a lengthy conversation with him and it like him and D- Bill Guerin and Dean apparently are I mean, close. Like they've gone to battle for mm-hmm. each other and I don't want to, you know, waste it too or spoil too much for those who haven't read the, the article yet, if you plan to, but Essentially, the conversation Dean said was a. He sat down. Bill said, "Like, hey man, we got to talk." Dean said, "Are you firing me, bud?" He said, "Yep." And then they just kind of got up and hugged, and they like both cried. Like it was like a very emotional thing. Like that's. Did he want to? No. Nobody wants to fire a guy that they you know are that close with and whatnot. But given the circumstances given the effort level that they were seeing out of this team. And that's that's one of my biggest complaints from the Wild so far this season is that I feel like I have yet to see them play a full 60-minute game. I see them play a lot of 20-minute games, maybe even a 40-minute game here and there. But it's just the, the, the stint that we've seen of up until the win yesterday, they almost use the first period as like a warm-up period. And then they're like, all right, maybe we should play hockey here. Um which so, kind of reeks of like old wild teams. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, and then it's like, like an not, effort level that sounds yeah. like a 2015 16 wild team to me. Right That's there. a Ryan Suter, Zach Parise, yes. like led Jason Pomaville, yeah, Eric Stahl, Scott Bremar. Uh, so it's only natural because of the NHL and how things work that when you fire a coach and you hire a new one, of course, the next game, everything just kind of works and looks good <laughs> for whatever reason. And that's just the NHL. But yeah, no, last night, granted, it's the St. Louis Blues, who are also not a great hockey team. Um, they have a couple pretty solid players, but like they're not a contender by any means. Um, they they were winning puck battles. They had extended offensive zone pressure. Like they were maintained. It wasn't just a skate in, get a shot. Oh, okay. Kick saved by the goalie into the corner and they break it out. And you were there for five seconds at max. They were setting up the offensive zone and they looked like sometimes you get in that groove of you're playing five on five, but you almost look like you're on the power play. And the wild had that at multiple times last night, just because for the longevity, they were in the offensive zone. The defense can't change. They're tired. So that five guys kind of meshes in a weird way to only look like four guys who are kind of standing around and just lethargic and they're still snapping around. They're chaotic, but it's good chaotic because it looked like it was, it it was a skill chaotic. You're getting shots and then it's a scramble for the puck. And then they cycle it back up to the top and they go D to D and then down to the hash marks, work it to the middle, boom, shot, save, boom. The, the, The biggest problem is they just didn't finish. They didn't finish a lot of times. Matt Zuccarello had a chance and the puck was on edge. So maybe I'll give him the benefit of the doubt here, but you know, he, he sailed a wide open net sky high, just totally missed. Um, Pat Maroon had a nice chance and just, I mean, granted it's Pat Maroon. I, I, he's not the, he's not, he's not a ballerina out there, but he kind of flubbed one that hit him on the tape and uh, was just in bad body positioning and couldn't really corral a pass that he should have been able to bang away for a goal. Um, Philip Gustafson, 
he got a little help. He made some pretty good saves when needed on the power or on the penalty kill, which I think is is a big step for him. But he also had like an effort level from the defense that maybe wasn't present over that seven game losing stretch. So that is that's my biggest thing. And they looked like they actually cared. <laughs> it, and it, it's it's so dumb to say that that you had to fire your coach in order to get that. But that like it's so stupid that that's how it works. Um, mm-hmm. but they they looked like they cared. And they played, I don't think they played the entire time because there were some slip-ups here and there, but they that was one of the best games from them that I've seen maybe this season. Um, but the biggest thing is, back to your initial question, is the top players just aren't producing. Matthew Boldy, I think he looked really mm-hmm. solid for like the first two games, and then yeah. he got hurt. And since coming back, He's, I mean, it's been a struggle for him. He, yeah. He's had some games where it's just, and granted, this is kind of the rest of the team, but low effort, maybe, mm. you know, frustrated because he's a young guy who hasn't really had to deal with that type of adversity in his career yet. It's just kind of been, you, you have the viewpoint of, you know, oh, I'm still kind of getting my legs under me and I got to make a name for myself type of thing. So yeah. the goals will come. I just have to work hard for it. But he's shown that he can kind of do that uh, play style. And so when the goals aren't coming and he's not producing, then you're that frustration builds. That being said, he got I was I hate when a guy has that and then they break the the slump <laughs> by an empty net goal. He got a beautiful yeah. pass, uh breakaway goal that he just I mean, the guy's got an amazing shot. I think he made a slight move, but he just wristed one past uh past Bennington last night and you could just see the relief. He got jumped on by like Marcus Johansson. You could like you could yeah. tell that everybody on that bench was like going mm-hmm. ballistic as if it was their first goal personally, not just Matthew Boldy breaking a slump. Um, Kirill Kaprizov, there was a, in the Dean Evison interview, there's a small excerpt of what Dean was saying. And he doesn't give everything away, but you know, now that he's not the coach, he's like, well, I'm going to talk about it a little bit, but last year, Logan Stanley, I want to say, it's either Staley or Stanley. I think I'm just saying Staley because of the chargers head coach, but um <laughs> Logan Staley, Stanley, excuse me, of the Jets, like fell on Kaprizov. And this was a couple mm, weeks out yeah. of the playoffs. Yep. So he missed some time, came back. He got like two games to kind of get ramped uh, back was... up, but he wasn't, you could tell he wasn't hundred mm-hmm. percent. And it sounds like still, that's still nagging him. And it's mm. like, he's not able to generate the same pace. Um, mm. Just moving up the ice as he once was able to. And it's still bugging him in a, in a sense. So he's like, he just hasn't gotten, that skating back underneath him, which sounds ridiculous because it's it's been over a half a year now, like mm. just yeah. month wise. But that that's just kind of how it happens. Like skating mm. is such a weird thing. Like if you see a hockey player running next to and maybe a, a football player, like sprinting wise, the mechanics of a hockey player just look so odd because they're so conditioned when skating. Like it's it's slightly different motions. You're pushing kind of out rather than just mm-hmm. behind you and all this stuff, because you have to generate that, that uh, like the edge into the ice so you can, you know, move forward. But it's like, he, he just hasn't really looked the same. And so you need a guy like Krill to find that hopefully sooner than later, because I mean, you, you see flashes of, and he had a couple mm-hmm. of that last night um, where he did kind of turn around and look like the Krill Caprizov of that wild fans have come to know and love Matt Zuccarello, he needs he needs to wake up. I yeah. frankly am so sick of the extra pass that he makes mm. just when it's so unneeded. Like yeah. I get I in Jason, you maybe see this too, but I get more excited about pretty assists than I do pretty goals, just because given my like how I grew up playing the game, I was never a goal scorer. It was like, okay, I'm gonna be really proud about that pass. So when I see a very <laughs> nice prat pass, I appreciate it. Sure. Matt Zuccarello might top me. Like I thought I was that guy for the longest time. He might top me because he will have chances where it's like, okay, you're absolutely shooting the puck here, right? No, no, no. We're going to thread it through a guy's legs and then try to get it under this guy's stick. Who's not really looking at us just to hit a guy on the back door who has maybe then a wide open, just shoot the puck, man. Yeah, Just Mm. shoot the puck. And I think part of that probably is that he is trying to force things into Kirill to get Kirill going. And Zuki's been Kirill's best line mate throughout his entire career. So, like, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying, like, you need to switch up the lines or anything like that. But I can definitely see that happening right now. I might say that. Oh, you might. Yeah. No. You know what? If you're not producing on the top line, guess what? You're not a top line player. You know, that's that's just frankly what it is. Get another guy up there who, who, who can. 
And don't worry um, about um, Krill's opinion in that case, too. I know he's making all the money and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, no, going back to the Krill thing really quick, and I know we probably have to wrap up things pretty quick here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just seems like, I mean, obviously he's, his skating seems fine, but, and I think Judd may have brought this up. Uh, how many times have we seen in Krill's career where he, like, controls the puck and just skates around for, like, 30 seconds? Like, goes behind the net and everything, back to the blue line, around the circles and everything, and he just, like, gets the fans on their feet because he literally has control of the puck for 30 seconds. We haven't seen any of that dominant puck handling yet that we've, or at least a puck possession that we've seen from Krill um, yet this season. But if, if honestly, if injuries are still nagging him and everything like that, I mean, that would be an explanation. I mean, I just, I just think this team has just had such a rough start that, I mean, even if Krill was playing at an MVP pace right now, I don't know how much it would actually be saving the wild and fixing like their penalty, penalty kill troubles and everything like that. So, um, but yeah, this, this John Hines move, I mean, it can literally only go up from here. Right um, now, there's no indication yeah. that he's like a power play savant or anything. In fact, I don't think his power plays were very great with New Jersey and in Nashville. Um, Frankly, but I'm not sure they can get much worse, Jason. It's true. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You've already Yikes. bottomed out a little bit. It's kind of like the Vikings defense last year with that Donatel can only yeah. get better in 2023. And who knows? Maybe John Hines will be our Brian Flores. You never really know. We'll see. <laughs> um, but yeah, in terms of just like, I don't know if the Wild can save their season by doing a move like this. I just, I don't really know. They got, they got, a, I mean, okay. So they're only six points out of the second wild card. Okay, I mean, is that yeah, no, possibly it, it, attainable? It It is, yes. After winning last night, you're only six spots out. And, like, I don't know, like you mentioned that St. Louis isn't that great. Neither is Nashville. Got a leapfrog teams like the Coyotes, the Flames, Kraken, Ducks, Oilers, and the Oilers. I mean, if you think the Wild are having a disastrous season, just go take a look at what's happening in Edmonton. Even though they're technically better than the Wild, they should be way, way better than the Wild. It's been a disaster for mm-hmm. McDavid, Dreisaitl, and uh, company. So, yeah, we'll see what the Wild do. Can't get much worse than that uh, than it was. You won against St. Louis and can only go up from here, right, fellas? Yeah, really the important thing do, is right? that they turn, like, whatever changes you want to make. I know yeah. you have Nashville tomorrow, so they had one practice today. But after that, you have, like, some actual time for John Hines to implement his sure. his philosophies, his tactics, really leave a foot, uh, like, his fingerprint, his his foothold on the team and, and make some changes. So um, whatever you're going to do, do it quick and – Bill Guerin has kind of stated still that he wants, he believes the team can be a contender in the locker room. They believe they can like be a playoff team and he, he's going to wait till essentially the last minute to decide if he has to trade or buy. And I'll, I'll, last thing too, I'll miss Dino. Dino was a fun coach, man. Just the death stares that he would give reporters in the press conferences. Never or even forget just on him the bench like saying, let's referees. fight a coach. Oh my gosh. I, if there were any coach in the NHL, current coach, if, if Everson were still a coach in the, in the NHL, I would pick him to win like a melee tournament with all the other coaches. <laughs> I, I wish Bally Sports were the wild. Maybe they didn't. I just missed that. Uh, D- uh, Dean's tatted up too. He's got a bunch of tattoos. I would have loved somebody to do a profile on all his tattoos and just go one through one about, oh, this tattoo here, this tattoo to here i was terribly intrigued by dean evison's tattoos and now i just got to hope that john hines has some uh, some cool tattoos or something like that i don't really know uh anyway we got to wrap up taxi squad for the week because it's the bye week for the vikings taxi squad's got to rest up we need as much rest as the purple people eaters we work just as hard as they do <clears throat> anyway uh so, somewhat sort of when we do the rudy gobert segment you absolutely bet your butt that we do uh anyway uh my name is jason stormer that's aj frederickson and that's artist woods guys any final thoughts before we wrap things up today no bring on jane hall (laughs) (laughs) comment section light it up seriously let us know who you want to be the Vikings starting quarterback against the raiders i'm still on team dobbs but these two are a little bit want to see what jaron hall's got now i'm playing for it my final thought is for vikings fans just like the players get a bye week so do you use this (laughs) mentally rest watch other teams sweat things out you just sit on the couch, kick your feet up, and relax. This weekend is for you, all right? Yes, I'm telling you right now. The, guys, if your girl wants to go see some Christmas lights or something Sunday afternoon because the Vikings are off, no, you don't need to. I'm giving you permission to stay on the couch, kick up your feet, crack a beer, and enjoy yourself. And ladies, yes. go ahead. Do it, too. You might enjoy it. Yeah, you never know. Football's for everyone. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Kick back and enjoy the red zone, folks. It's been three straight red zone weeks for Vikings fans. Can't get enough of it. All right. Anyway, thank you for listening and watching this episode of the Score North Taxi Squad. It is available, fingers up, on scorenorth.com, Score North mobile app, Apple, Spotify. And if you want to see our beautiful faces, you check us out on the Score North YouTube channel. 
Again, my name is Jason Stormer. That's Artis Woods. That's A.J. Fredrickson. Again, light up that comment section. Let us know who you want to be the Vikings starting quarterback against the Raiders. And we'll be back next week to preview that game and let you know about anything else that's going on in Minnesota sports. So until then, everybody, have a lovely week, and we'll talk to you next time on the Score North Taxi Squad.